High School Slumber Party is brought to you by the Cage Club Podcast Network. For all things Cage Club related, head on over to cageclub.me. That's cageclub.me. Welcome to all you single people out there, and a big special shout out to all you guys who are in love for the first time. And just remember, you may choose right, but you could also choose wrong. You could choose really wrong. This is High School Slumber Party, the podcast where me and some friends look back at our teenage years through the lens of some iconic high school-centric films. I'm Brian Rodriguez, and the party's at my place this evening. But first, school is still in session, and we have some homework to chat about. This was your assignment, and I would like to see the results. Big thank you for tuning in today, and hope you're staying healthy. And of course, a big, big thank you as well to all our healthcare heroes out there helping us out. Why don't we give them a nice little clap? Bravo, bravo, bravo. So, of course, we've been running High School Slumber Party twice a week, and I realized something. High School Slumber Party is the perfect slumber party for these days. Why? Because it's always been a slumber party by yourself, right? Well, I'm with you in spirit, my guests are with you in spirit, but you can bring High School Slumber Party anywhere. And maybe the best part is that it's free. So, if you're not in the best financial situation right now, guess what? Free entertainment right here. And the best way you can thank me, the great one, no, that sounds so arrogant, the best way you can help High School Slumber Party out is by going on the app wherever you're at, whether it be Google Play, whether it be Spotify, whether it be Stitcher, whether it be Apple Podcasts, whether you're calling your Alexa device and saying, well, I can't say the name because mine will talk, but, you know, saying, blah, 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 can I hear the High School Slumber Party podcast? And then it'll play. Whether you're doing that, try to try to give us a review, give us a rating, get the algorithm working in our favor. And the very best way, though, that you can help High School Slumber Party is by telling a friend about all the great things we do here at the Slumber Party. But your homework, I didn't forget about that. You're working from home. I get it, but you still got to do it. And speaking of healthcare heroes, this Monday, our film was Small Soldiers. I hope you listened to the episode, and I hope you watched the movie. Our guest was Danny Kim, who is a health hero. He was just on the cover of Time magazine. But we recorded this before any of that. He's a good friend of mine, a friend since before high school. That episode is a blast. I just listened back to it again. It was a lot of fun. You definitely want to check it out. And before that, the Friday before that, we did Dazed and Confused, which is such an important film in the high school slumber party pantheon. Our guest was Matt Delhauer. Check that out as well on cageclub.me. That's cageclub.me, or of course, wherever you get your podcast. But on cageclub.me, you're going to find a lot of great, uh, you know, pop culture podcasts. But there's some other stuff on there too. There's some really cool podcasts. So if you're bored, 
check it out. Or if you need something to commute with, if you are an essential worker, definitely check out cageclub.me. That's cageclub.me. But today's homework, today's important homework, we're doing it. We're covering another film in the Hudson 5. And our film today is Fear, or as Kate likes to call it, Marky Mark and Fear. <laughs> and we have another buddy coming with us today. We have another slumber party friend, and that's Charlie Talbert. And if you recognize the name, Charlie Talbert is actually the star of Angus, a film Kate and I talked about back in November. So maybe a little extra credit homework. Go into the archives and listen to the November Angus episode. You get a little vibe of what we thought about that film. We thought it was awesome. Great soundtrack. But, uh, you know, Charlie and I had been talking, and Kate had been talking as well. Well, we get into the story kind of in the podcast. But Kate invited him on this fear episode, and I didn't decline. And it turned out to be a really, really, really fun episode. I hope you guys think so as well. Whoa, whoa, whoa! What did I tell you? The bell doesn't dismiss you. I dismiss you. Even if you're at home, I brought the bell with me. But I have kept you for so long, and this is a rather long episode considering the subject material. So, uh, without further ado, put on your favorite jammies, if you're not already wearing them. (laughs) Tell your mother that you're about to be hanging out with Brian, even if it's just audioly. Because we're about to get our party on. I leave you with a song that's heavily featured in this movie, in a very specific scene as well, and we'll talk about that scene. It's The Sundays, Wild Horses. Class dismissed. Kate, since you've been on the show, you're going to probably go first with all the questions here just to guide Charlie along. Okay. I'm easy. Yes. Well. (laughs) (laughs) Are you you making a slut-shaming reference to the movie? No! 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 That was not... No. Oh, my God. I'm I'm going to start hating myself because that's what fear taught me. (laughs) That's not what I meant. Oh, my God. (laughs) A lot to discuss in this film. But, Kate, I'm actually surprised you called it a... Fear, because every other time you've referred to it by a different title. Marky Mark and Fear? Yep. (laughs) (laughs) That was the original working title, actually. (laughs) It should have been. I think it would have done a lot better at the box office had it been called Marky Mark and Fear. (laughs) (laughs) Just for some context, guys, this is one of the Hudson Five. And (laughs) the Hudson Five came to be when Kate Hudson and I were recording New Moon by Twilight. (laughs) 
for the second time, because the first one was really bad, uh, we decided to have some wine, mm-hmm. and things went a little bit off the rails, and Kate decided to book herself for five more episodes on this podcast. <laughs> And yeah. later you'll find out that she's decided to start booking guests as well. So this is everything. <laughs> everything is wonderful. Why am I, I even will, here? I will now I out. feel awkward. No, don't. <laughs> I'm just going to. I'll be over here. If you need I invited you before that. Kate just invited you on fear, which is awesome. But <laughs> I'm really, really looking forward to this one for so many reasons. But before any of that, our classic high school slumber party introductions. And since, Kate, you're a veteran by now. Introduce yourself in the classic slumber party model. Absolutely. My name is Kate Hudson. I am East Anchorage, class of 2002. And I think at this point, everybody knows who my high school mascot is, but I'll just tell you again. We were the Thunderbirds. Where's the chant, Kate? Oh, T-Birds let the dogs out. Hoo, 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 hoo. There you go. Like, <laughs> that part's not, not necessary. I just like when she says it. So. <laughs> so- <laughs> Charlie, if you if you follow along, it's just your name, your high school, your high school team name, and whatever else you want to volunteer. Yeah, uh, what's up, guys? I'm Charlie Talbert. I'm six foot one. I like long walks on the beach. <laughs> I, <laughs> I graduated '97 from uh, three different high schools: Tremper, Tremper Trojans. Woohoo! Nice. Uh, we had the Bradford Bulldogs, <laughs> and then we had. Ruther, which was kind of like the parochial school, it had no mascot. It just said basically, "Stay alive, and you'll graduate." <laughs> wow. <laughs> wait, wait, what? Like, what area is this, Charlie? This is Kenosha, Wisconsin, born and bred. And I started out doing a film called uh, Angus, which caused me to go to different schools because I was in the acting business all through high school. So I had to go to different schools to get different credits. So it was it was very interesting and homeschooling, which was great. As everybody knows right now. <laughs> the problem with homeschooling is, is if you have a bully, you basically have to go to the psychiatrist and so the principal's office, right? No, mom wasn't that tough on me. I mean, she touched <laughs> me around a little bit, but she'd feed me right after, so we were good. <laughs> Mom's uh, at home, our mascot was, just go upstairs, just go upstairs. That was <laughs> I was going to ask. That was my next question. Yeah, time out. <laughs> So you brought up that you, of course, were the star of Angus, and Kate and I talked about Angus on this podcast. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you did. Yeah, <laughs> Kate, you actually brought the film to my attention. We'll we'll do like another Angus deep dive later because we're talking fear today. But you know, it's a pleasure to have you on again. Sweet. I just feel like this is going to be awesome. By the way, they shot Fear simultaneously when they shot Angus. They shot Fear back in 1994. It didn't come out until 1996. Oh wow! What? True fact, that's the difference in age. I was a 15-year-old boy, so that makes Mark Wahlberg, what, like, God, 10, 11, 12 years older than me? He definitely looked like he should have had, like, a 401k in this movie if he was a juvenile delinquent, for sure. Maybe a question for later. Who was a juvenile delinquent? I think we all know it was me. No, no. (laughs) He was definitely drinking by then. Did you see that six-pack? Oh, yeah. yeah. Absolutely. Like, shit, good for Marky Mark and fear. Oh, yeah, yeah, absolutely. So first-time guests always got to go through a little bit of the ringer. Mm -hmm. You you kind of uh, went through some of this already, but what was 
high school like for you, Charlie? What were you like in high school? Obviously, you had a very different high school experience than Kate or I, four different high schools. You were acting. Uh, like, what was that like? It was good. I was, uh, I, if you guys are familiar with the movie Angus, that was pretty much my life in parallel. I mean, I was in love with the same girl from kindergarten to 12th grade. Uh, I got picked on a lot. I was bullied. I, you know, it, it was one of those things. Then I ended up joining the football team to be cool and, you know, try to fit in. And then shortly before we even started a season, I fell 14 feet straight down a tree and shattered my ankle. So I, I, so I did a bunch of plays in high school. So I would do that and I would hop around at different high schools. But by then when I had entered high school, Angus was in the works and it was kind of a different world. I was kind of like walking around with my chest puffed a little bit so bullies wouldn't eat me alive. But uh, of course, when it came to girls, it was deflator mouth for me. I was just, <laughs> uh, you know, so, and it, it was a tough kid, you know, being being my age and having boobs and, you know, it wasn't a very masculine time for me, but uh, I tried my damnedest. Did you ever get to go out with a girl? You know, I didn't, but... In later life, I was doing uh, the Charlie Talbot show for CBS Mobile, and they built a Facebook for me, and I didn't want all that. But the first person to friend request me was that girl, and I knew exactly who it was, wow. and I lived in California. And I was like, oh, you must have been looking for me. So I got on the phone with her, and I was like, hey, um, do you want to get together for some coffee or whatever? And I'm, I could be there in like five hours because she was in Wisconsin, and I lived in California. <laughs> so I was like, I'll get on a flight right now. If you... And she's like, uh, I would I'd love to, but I actually, I got married last month to a guy named Charlie that's a musician. <laughs> and oh. the guy looks kind of like he could be my brother. Dude. So, like, oh my I'm God. winning. I win, is what I'm saying. <laughs> that is a win. Winning. That is a win. But, yeah, yeah, wow. Yeah. Oh, I love to hear stuff like that on this show. In an alternate timeline, you guys are married. So just take solace in that. <laughs> true, true, true. And then I would be in quarantine with two wonderful kids uh, and uh, doing homeschool. So, you know what? Freedom. Freedom. Right? I'm here. I'm here. Everybody cool? I'm cool. You cool? I'm cool. I mean, I'd be in jail in an alternate timeline. So, I mean, I think you went out. Right, right. I think in a lot of alternate timelines. Maybe in, on Con Air. Who knows? That would be your, like, <laughs> right, your, al- right. <laughs> your ultimate alternate timeline. So, so Charlie, what were you like into in high school? Were there any like movies you were drawn to or actors? You know, it, it was strange. Growing up, I was always, always into the past for some reason. And the main reason I like doing film and television and all that bull is because I get to reach out to people who are having a rough time. So uh, just a little bit about me. My mom used to, I mean, God bless her, God rest her soul. She used to beat me up when I was little, like hardcore, like, yeah. So it was like, but she was like all kinds of messed up. So I really escaped into film and television. And I would watch a lot of the 80s comedies, SNL comedies, anybody from SCTV, Mm -hmm. uh, you know, anybody in that era, uh, I would really get into because it allowed me to escape that reality. So I was into, you know, anything candy. I was into... Uh, you know, anything SNL, huge Farley fan. I was fortunate enough to, like, you know, uh, work with his brother, and he was there. I was going to play his son on a TV show before Farley died. And, and that was really cool. So oh, wow. I, I really got into those funny, like, escapism movies, you know, something that really took me out of the reality that I was in. But um, movies, I ne- I didn't really get into, like, fear. I didn't really get into, like, cruel intentions. I didn't really get into <laughs> those kind of films because I wasn't there, you know. I was the outcast, if you, you will, a in real life. Girl, to be fair, like these movies I, are kind of not I did your have, Well, I did have boobs and long hair, so you know. <laughs> and, I, and again, you saw Angus. That voice wasn't exactly 
deep, you know? <laughs> so, <laughs> and, and, and I had a lisp. So anybody that was an underdog, I was into those kind of films. But uh, yeah, that, that was my world. So I was watching 80s and uh, you know early 90s stuff in the mid 90s when I was in high school. Gotcha. So I was going to ask, so when was the first time you ever saw Fear? Oh, God, it must have been last night. Yes! Um, <laughs> <laughs> first, I typed it in into IMDb. And two titles came up. I typed fear and fear came up and the movie angst. And I was like, yeah, that sounds about right. <laughs> <laughs> so I watched it last night for the first time that I remember. You're a fear virgin no more. It's true. I, it's like the Rocky Horror Picture Show. I'm done. <laughs> <laughs> it's actually my first official watch as well. I thought I hadn't seen it. I'd heard about it. But... Once I was watching, I'm like, oh, I've seen this, like a version of this on TV, but definitely my first intense watch. Kate Hudson, I'm assuming this is not your first watch of Fear? Oh, dudes, I have two copies <laughs> of it on Blu-ray. Like, one for a backup. Like, no. I why two? Because She's why like, not? I got that sweet Laserdisc edition. <clears throat> I would. If I had had a Laserdisc, I absolutely would have a Laserdisc version of Fear. Like, Fear is just essential viewing. You never want to be in like a situation where you're like, oh, I want to watch fear, but man, I can't because I, I can't get it. Like, no, be prepared always for fear. Marky Mark in fear. Yes, Marky Mark in Marky fear. Marky Mark in fear. I reference uh, that movie at least once a week, by the way. Yeah, I'm not surprised. <laughs> you reference a lot of the these Hudson Five that you booked yourself on. Um, and that's just <laughs> high school films. You know what, though? I'm having a blast talking about them. Hiding Out was fun. But I think fear is going to top that. I, I don't know what you guys think. But if you guys are not familiar with the film Fear, I do this every week. I read, well, I, f- I don't have the VHS, obviously, but I find a copy of the VHS online and I read the back. So here goes. First love can be innocent, intense, intoxicating, or unstable. Mark, <laughs> Mark Wahlberg. Reese Witherspoon and Alyssa Milano star in this riveting suspense thriller about a passionate romance that soon becomes a deadly obsession. Nicole Walker always dreamed about being swept away by someone special, someone strong, someone sexy and sensitive who would care for her more than anything else in the world. David is all that and more, a modern-day knight who charms and seduces her, body and soul. The dogs understand that the dogs this is are getting true afraid. <laughs> are you talking about Marky Mark in there, Dad? Yeah, exactly. They're like, yeah, David is. (laughs) His sweet facade masks a savage dark side that will soon transform Nicole's dream into a nightmare. My favorite, like, production note about this, and there weren't a lot of, like, notes about these films. Kate, often you pick films that don't have a lot of notes, which is interesting. But uh, (laughs) So this was produced by Brian Grazer, which is kind of crazy. But he described it as Fatal Attraction for Teens. That tracks. Why would anyone want to make Fatal Attraction for Teens? You know how fucked up that is? <laughs> well, this is about that time, though. This is about that time. Yeah. The films that, that are popping out are all uh, teenagers doing adult roles. Even, you know, like, like uh, what do you call it? Like Hackers and all these films. Mm. It, it, it's all about, you know, switching it up a little bit. That was basically their version of the modern day. Let's remake every movie ever. But they did it with a different age. Yeah. <laughs> oh, I'm not complaining. Call. I'm happy about it, man. I was 12 years old when this movie came out. This was like Kate Catnip back then. This is a slumber party movie for sure. <laughs> oh, definitely. <laughs> I've written about it on Pajiba. Like that roller coaster scene, that is like hollowed ground for slumber parties for tweenagers and teenagers in the 90s. 
I'm telling oh you. What scene was that? What happens? I what happened? No. The roller coaster. Oh. <laughs> I'm kidding. No. I'm kidding. Oh, I was like, Charlie, did you watch the 1983 fear last night? <laughs> oh, that's I'll I'll see you guys in a couple hours. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah. We're going to talk about that scene. I have notes about it. <laughs> Of course, cast we just mentioned there, Reese Witherspoon, future Academy Award winner there. But as we know, this is a Marky Mark joint. Yeah. <laughs> Mark Wahlberg. <laughs> but you also have William Peterson, the dude from CSI, right? Mm-hmm. Love William Peterson. As the creepy dad. Yup. <laughs> Which didn't make much sense to me, but we'll get into that. He has notes. Yes. <laughs> this movie is so male gazy. It's so, like, my, I will just tell you guys this, not to get ahead of myself. My dad never fucking creeped on my friends when they were that at the you house. Know of. Like, yeah, that you know of. That you know of. <laughs> I mean, old man Hudson wasn't around a lot, so, like, yeah. Like, he never, like, hey, what's a, like, no. <laughs> Well, you gotta be at a distance when you're using binoculars. Ugh, man. Oh boy. <laughs> Shots fired. Like most of your friends when you're a teenager, you've known those girls since you were like six. So like, no, no one's perving on like that's such a '90s movie trope that like the dad pervs on the teenagers. Hope you're right. Uh- <laughs> <laughs> Actually, that freaked me out in the opening scene when he looked up at his daughter. I didn't quite get. The fact that she was wearing an outfit that wasn't quite her size. But I was like, why is he staring at her like this? What is this movie about? There's a lot of those moments in this movie where it's like just older men just like creeping on the girls. Right, right. Well, let's be fair. It's mainly William Peterson. (laughs) (laughs) Well, his wife is played by... Amy Brenneman, who wait not Amy, yeah, that's her name, right? Judging yeah, Amy. Yeah, okay. Amy Brenneman. I was, I didn't realize that her the show was called Judging Amy, and that was her actual name. So, yeah, she did that show for a while. Big TV actor, someone we mentioned before too, Alyssa Milano in this film as her best friend Margot. Anyone else in the movie though that you recognized or wanted to point out? Yeah, there's the guy from Ghost Whisperer. Who was that? The, the weird looking. I, well, okay. The guy, You're talking about Jed Reese, or I don't know the guy with the bad haircut. Yeah, he played Nobby, the the roommate. Yeah, he's in Ghost Whisperer. Oh yeah yeah, 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 yeah. I saw. I noticed that. I was like, oh sweet man. Yeah, he's in a bunch of stuff. I forgot about him. Yeah, anybody who was ever in Ghost Whisperer, I'm gonna recognize. <laughs> Just FYI, guys. There was another guy I wrote down. Gary Riley was in Gary it from Riley. summer school. Yeah. Yes, yep. Gary Riley from Summer School. He's Dave from the famous Chainsaw and Dave, a film we've covered on this podcast back in the archive, guys. But, but <laughs> yeah, yeah, so, I mean, those are the other two, I reckon. Not a big cast here. This isn't really like an ensemble film. It kind of reminded me of something, a better version of something I'd see on Lifetime. Home oh, this is the- 100% a Lifetime movie. Right? <laughs> 100%. Um, so, you know, not much else to talk about there. Let's get into it. Yes. The first thing I want to mention, though, I know you grew up in Alaska, so maybe that's why, but you you like to pick Pacific Northwest films, and this is like Seattle, early 90s, to a T. Everyone's in long flannels. Oh, I love it. Yeah, they shot this on the set of Frasier, right? (laughs) Exactly, yes. I mean, we're going to state that as fact now. Absolutely, they did. In fact, I heard Kelsey Grammer did all the catering for Fear. Nice. (laughs) Listen, because you guys are dudes... Like, this was not marketed to you back in the day, but I still remember reading Seventeen Magazine at 12 years old and having them be like, fear's coming out. Fear's a big deal. Everybody go see fear. So I feel like this is one of those movies that, like, 
women my age are like, oh man, fear, the roller coaster. And then like guys are like, oh, I, yeah, is that a Marky Mark movie? Like, so this is, this is why I'm so enthusiastic about fear. Like I've probably seen it at least 30 times in the intervening, what, 25 years since it came out. Right. But if they had, if they had advertised it to me with Gary Riley, then I'd be like, oh yeah, the new Gary Riley movie's coming out. <laughs> hey, we're school? all Gary Riley fans here. All right. And they're like, the dude from Stand By Me. This is actually oh, yeah. his last movie though. He hasn't really? done anything since. Yeah. Oh. I'm on his IMDb right now. Wow. Once you hit greatness, like once you hit the pinnacle, like everybody should have just stopped working after fear because you're not <laughs> ever going to do better than fear. <laughs> so early scenes in this movie uh what do you want to talk about anything that stuck out at you just introductions of these characters or just the general way the film goes even their uh, dare i say meet cute in the film yeah can we talk about where they met because that was such a specific 90s like what kind of hoodlum hangs out at a coffee shop during the day like <laughs> Can we just talk about that? It's Seattle in the 90s. You have to. That whole opening shot, every extra had to like look at the lead characters and turn their body towards camera. You know, <laughs> like when they first walk in, the guy at the, <laughs> at the payphone wearing like little beanie <laughs> hoodies, like, I'm having a good conversation, even though I'm not talking. What's up, camera? You know, <laughs> and, I, and I was like, this is awesome. It's this exactly people, how it was. Because the world revolves around Marky Mark in fear. He is the true north. He is the magnet. The ICP wonders about how does it work? When you have <laughs> yeah, that kind of magic, you just got to go with it. <laughs> well, that opening shot didn't have Marky Mark. That, he is at the beginning the end of the opening shot it's when they're first walking in and it's Alyssa milano and and uh, mm -hmm. her buddy matt and you know nicole and uh, i was just like okay i get it but she's commanding the room she's holding her own and then boom <laughs> abs shows up and i'm all distracted and it's amazing like yeah he wears uh, flannels later in the film but here they have him in like this really tight shirt everyone else is in the baggiest clothes with like the grungiest hair and he's like so <laughs> prim and like off the uh, like underwear set marky mark mm -hmm. that like he just stands out he's got that arch spine he's like oh i was just standing here wearing these Calvin Kleins and playing pool exactly so gonna... i was about to say that was right during his like i'm super hot and i don't wear clothes face right right <laughs> i mean he never did it for me to be honest like in the 90s marky mark was not my ideal but in this movie he is who was your ideal? You have to tell us now. In the mid-90s? Oh, John Cusack. John Cusack. Wow. That's very different. I love John Cusack. I mean, even though he's he's blocked this podcast for no reason. You're, just That's the thing. Like, no one should engage with John Cusack on Twitter because it will bum you out. I wasn't being negative. You know, another story for another day. Anyway. <laughs> oh, yeah, he, so took, he took the other route. He took the other route and blocked you out. What a jerk. <laughs> and I love John Cusack too. He's the best. In fact, John Cusack would have made this role his own in a very different way. Can you imagine Cusack at the end screaming, Let me in the house? I would be dead with that. <laughs> it would be so different. So different. <laughs> it would be a classic for other reasons. A John Cusack joint. I don't know if I can see it. <laughs> Especially because I think he was like 30 in 1996. Which would, it's like even better. Like awkward introducing himself to the dad. Like just, oh. <laughs> I, I just love who Marky Mark uh, uh, or uh, David McCall's hang, hanging out with. That, that guy, his buddy is like right-hand man. 
Does he not look like a young Tom Savini? I could see that. I was just so hung up on the fact that this is clearly a 90s movie and like he was so greasy and that was such a specific look for a specific time. It was like, does this, like, why did they make him look like he's never showered? Well, I was so confused because like Alyssa Milano's character was so into him and I, I guess she just, you know. I just assumed it was, like, the aesthetic of the day. Well, granted, though, he he's like a 39-year-old man hanging out with Mark Wahlberg. <laughs> and, and clearly, she likes o- older men. So. This whole movie was clearly just written by a dude. And it was. It was by the guy who wrote Last of the Mohicans. Like, it's one of those movies where, oh, like... Oh, I could men... see the tie-in. Yeah. Right? Right, right. It's like where men are approximating what women are going to act like. It's like, I don't think that guy had teenage girls at the time he wrote wrote this let's just put it that way oh, i don't know they did a pretty good job though they i mean they were pretty spot on it, was, it didn't seem very difficult what they were i'm just saying that they kind of fell into the role pretty sm- listen what i'm trying to say here is uh they did a pretty good job at it <laughs> <laughs> i mean uh. it's, it's a slumber party classic so i will grant it that but there's a lot of like I don't think if your friend gets raped, your initial like thing is to be like, shut up, you slut. You know what I mean? Like, I think if you saw that happen, like what I'm, I'm jumping ahead a little bit, but if you see that happen, I feel like you would probably have like a little bit more understanding first. Right. I mean, uh, I've never been in that situation. <laughs> this movie is You're... complicated. It does not hold up in a post me too viewing. Let's just put it that way. <laughs> right. Right. I, I understand that. <laughs> well, when we get to that scene, I'll, I'll talk about that scene too. Cause that one, threw me for a loop that that whole little section threw me for a, like a okay what happened <laughs> it it was I, yeah <laughs> i mean were there any other uh early on scenes you guys wanted to talk about well the dad's what he's an architect right who keeps screwing up to you know i don't know if it's always his fault the brother is the mom's kid biologically and reese witherspoon is the father's biologically that that's right I, I don't know. I wasn't paying that attention was, to the That's family. always been my read of it, too. I actually, I, I kind of figured they were both from the same mom since they're both blonde-headed. Uh, that's because what, that's the mom, what I thought. The mom died. That's how Nicole gets her name. Is like the original mom's name has the word Nicholas in it. Uh, <laughs> n- not a joke. There's a, there's a thing in the house. Uh, the mom's name is something Nichols, so that's where Nicole gets her name. But they're both blonde, so. So maybe she died in childbirth and then... The blonde, yeah, they they never like explain it, do they? They never explain a lot of things. <laughs> no, I, I don't think people they were marketing to at the time cared about that kind of stuff. You know, like what's the family dynamic here? Right. <laughs> it's awkward because she gets called a slut by her stepmom, and that's weird. <laughs> like Kate, she right. the mom said she was dressing like a slut. She made that yeah. very clear. She did <laughs> twice. God, what's the movie? God, it's, it's a little weird, right? Because like I, I mean, I I'm not a stepmom. I don't have kids, but I don't think my go-to insult if I didn't like the way they looked would be like, "You look like a slut," right? Like, <laughs> well, you, you weren't a parent in the '90s. See, yeah, difference. That's fair. If I had a quarter for every time my mom said I look like a slut. (laughs) (laughs) So yeah, the family dynamic was a little weird. And also, can we just talk about how the dad was like, we're going to bond to James Taylor. It's going to be great. Like, (laughs) what? Like, when was James Taylor ever cool for teenagers? But that's, I felt like that was a real, not my dad, not at all. But 
I felt like my friends' dads might have said that. You know, that's not that crazy. I mean, I'm not saying it's accurate, especially in you know this Seattle grunge era to be like, let's go see a, a James Taylor concert. But I think it's a dad move, no? Well, they do reference that when she's in the car with him and she's like, hey, can I not go to this James Taylor thing again? And he's like, you know, what do you mean again? Like, you remember that from when you were six? That to me explained itself. Uh, What I think the dad was doing I'm going to say this for the movie. It did a good job of actually just dropping us in the middle of somebody's world where it didn't over explain everything that was going on. You just kind of got it and you got to connect your own dots. And in my thought process on that was dad was just trying to keep this thing going because you can tell that the marriage is kind of failing, especially when dad checks out, you know, uh, Margo, Alyssa Milano's character. There's something wrong in that relationship. And he's like, you know, do you want to come with me to, you know, this thing I got to go up to in Vancouver? What he's trying to do is save that relationship with his little girl. And they reference that in the very opening line is, you know, you're wearing that, you know, like, what are you wearing? You know, let's get you some new clothes. It's about him trying to hold on to daddy's little girl, which they reference later on in the film. (laughs) I never studied. (laughs) (laughs) But like, yeah, yeah, you're 100% right. But at the okay, same time, let's cut like, the podcast. Good job. Good job. <laughs> <laughs> but like, it's a teenager, right? Like, you got to meet them where they are, too. At a certain point, it's like, if you really want to hang out with your kids, you don't go to James Taylor. You go, like, you go to a Bush concert because they play, <laughs> they played Bush like every 10 minutes in this movie. But he gets it and he lets him, he lets her not go to the show. He gets it right away that he screwed up. So he does essentially say, you know what, you're right. And then she ends up going to that party with Chesty McMarkyton. Oh. <laughs> and that party, right? Like, what? it's like a warehouse that party. party. Was, that was ridiculous, that part. That whole scene was too choreographed. No, no fight in a bar. Listen, I've worked in a bar. No fight in a bar turned into 300 people fighting each other randomly and one dude crawling up on a totem pole just to ride it down like a surfboard with you know, <laughs> with wires the best on him. part. You know that guy's probably been to that bar for like a hundred times. It's always been like his dream and then he finally shoots his shot during the chaos. He probably went <laughs> home so happy with himself that he finally <laughs> got to do it. To me, this scene, this scene is the epitome of all of those movies that came out in the late 90s, you know, early 2000s with choreographed dance musical numbers it was just like hey get off me and everybody is fighting at every angle and he's got to protect poor little nicole what 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 honestly you're right the way it should have gone is that they should have fought and then funk's rockefeller skank from fat boy slim should have come on and they all just sort of like done a dance together (laughs) that's what i'm saying and they kind of did (laughs) Uh, although you know so like 96 i was a little too young to go to like raves or warehouse parties or whatever but i went like around 99 2000 and alaska's a little rough i never got to see a fight like that like ever and she goes to her first one and get like what the hell like what kind of luck does nicole have that i don't you might be the only person who's watching this film as an adult and saying oh this girl's so lucky to be in this predicament like (laughs) low stakes if somebody's riding a totem like it's a surfboard like a gun probably isn't gonna come out right like this is your one chance to like see the chaos i don't know if this was a rave so much because everybody would have been on ecstasy at that point and just happy with each other and loving each other you know nobody would have been fighting they'd be like oh you hit me it feels weird yeah i mean i think that 
guy was smoking crack towards the end of the movie. So oh, yeah, like, he was smoking crack. Yeah, it's like a bunch of angry crackheads. Yeah, I mean, let's take a little bit of a, you know, a little detour and just discuss Marky Mark's group. Like, or his, I don't know, his roommates, I guess they are. Right. They live in this house together, and they do not take care of it. I don't know why they graffiti all the walls like that, unless... It it doesn't seem that shitty on the outside compared to the inside. You know what I'm saying? Well, Nobby, Nobby, when he comes into the room and the first time you get to experience Jed, he says, "Yo, dude, you know, dude's dad's coming back. You know, at the end of the week, we're gonna have to find a new place." So they're squatting. I'm sure that they're just squatting in this place. So it's 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 like you know anarchy in the UK. It was one of the things I had most questions about. Just like, why is he in Seattle? Mark Wahlberg, that is. Like, I know he says, well, he lied that he, like, you know, had a nice little life on the East Coast. And his parents were weird, but he actually was, like, bouncing around foster homes. Which I think is a little screwed up. What do you mean? Not everyone in, like, the foster system turns into this guy. Well, the irony is, is that he made that foster care movie, like, a year or two ago, where he adopts foster kids. So, like, really, (laughs) Marky Mark's career is coming full circle. (laughs) I went out for that. Insta-family. Insta-family or something. That's what it was called? (laughs) Yeah, it was yeah, good. yeah. I, it's on Hulu yeah. right now. I watched it. It was cute. I, I went. I went out. For, who did I go out for? Oh, uh, I went out for Spud McConnell's part. The really bad parents that you know had the kids. I'm trying to remember. It's the ones where the the folks that they get the kids from those really creepy old people that just want the check. Oh, but I'm not. Yeah, 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 yeah. 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 That are but like ended, brother had, and sister, but also funny, man, man and wife. Yes, but he and I actually that same actor. We just shot a movie with uh, Anna Lily Annaport called Mona Lisa and the Blood Moon with Kate Hudson and uh, and not that uh, one, Kurt, the other one, Robbins. Maybe. Yeah, the other Kate Hudson. <laughs> the, Kate Hudson two is it? Kate yeah. Hudson two, the, the sequel, oh. and, and Craig Robinson. But uh, yeah, so I, that's, that's cool. a great movie. But that's I I digress. Go on. I'm sorry. No, I was just I mean I don't know. Just talking about his, his group. We like to digress yeah, oh, yeah. on this podcast. Oh, wait, there's this is a meandering. Like we're gonna be here three three hours later, and we still no. won't have got to my best scene, my favorite scene. His group, man, his group. They they remind me of that moment on the roller coaster. Just kidding, Kate. No, uh, his group is like. <laughs> to, to me, the dynamic is like the 39 year old man that looks like Tom Zavini and Jed, who's like the like his follow along, and I think. To me, in the story, uh, Marky Mark's character, I, most people I grew up with in Wisconsin, for some freaking reason, have all went to Oregon or went to the Northwest. Mm-hmm. I don't know what that is. So that was actually a thing that was going on in the 90s where everybody was just like, let's go to the grunge place of the Northwest. And that's really kind of, I think, that, that answers that question of why somebody, wayward kid, would go that way. Dude, it's meth and like, drugs. Like, <laughs> that's... That's like the pot. Like that's right. Like Seattle is near like the Greenbelt and Humboldt. And I mean, well, I, you gotta I go use the, the word grunge. I'm just yeah. saying grunge. I didn't want to say drugs. There's little viewers <laughs> out there. But, he's, but isn't he a drug dealer? I thought that's how he makes his ducats. Do they explain that? I don't think they do. Uh, I don't know. I mean, so I guess I see everyone else that making sense for. But like this particular like Mark Wahlberg with whatever Mark Wahlberg accent he has. Some... <laughs> You know, tough guy Massachusetts thing. I love it. It was a little weird to me, but now I'm just creating a story in my head where, like, he's a big drug guy out east, and they're like, you know, you could make a lot of money drug dealing in Seattle because everyone's an idiot, and you can control the game there. And he's like, okay, because he just didn't feel like he'd be friends with these guys. Right. The drug game makes odd bedfellows. But is he really friends with those guys? Because he keeps a lock on his door. 
I think well, he's his own man. True. You know what I mean? That is true. But, he ends up but killing some of them. he somehow gets them to kill people with him. So, like, friends is so... Like, we need a word for that. Bros? Um, Maybe they're his bros. His pack. It's his pack. Every wolf out there hunting together, but if you get in my way, you're, you're gone. It's a pack. That's fair. <laughs> yeah. I'm just trying to wrap my head around a situation where someone's like, I'm afraid of them. They're like, we're going to go fucking kill this person. I'd be like, okay, bro, cool. Like, at a certain point, wouldn't you just, like, dip out the side when he's trying to break in the house? Like, why would you keep at it? You could just be like, I was in the shed. Sorry, bro. <laughs> Is this the difference between a dude thing and a chick thing? Is that why yes. it's his bro? Maybe. Maybe. <laughs> no, it's yes. It's it's yes. It's not a maybe. This is a. I'm I'm looking it up right now in Webster's. It, it's a fact. It, it is not. It is not a girl thing in most respects. The girl would go to the shed and be like, "I was there for you," you know. Yeah, so. I was like, I was in the shed and I was looking for the family in the shed, and I needed to make sure I couldn't find them there. Sorry. Like, right. Which is actually true. They do have one of those guys. The guy that uh, comes up and, and shoots the, the cop at the end. Well, see, once you shoot a cop, you're going to jail. That's the problem. Like, where is these guys That's did not problem. have self preservation in their like DNA? <laughs> right. Like, and I agree frankly, I'm kind of mad at the screenwriter because he should have built it in for a sequel. Like, the end of the movie should not have been them like, oh, Marky Mark's dead. It should have been like Marky Mark being taken to his like a secret laboratory and like given titanium bones so that we can get fear two back in action i don't want to talk about the ending now but it's not 100 percent that marky mark's dead by the way really i watched it in slow motion but we'll talk about it <laughs> anyway <laughs> i did too i i did too the roller coaster right? scene i watched it in slow motion no. <laughs> no. wait wait i'm sorry <sighs> let's let's talk about this relationship then right okay so what's my girl book's character's name i totally david forgot. right david yeah david just... mccall yeah Mr. Walker. Just... Mr. Walker. Sorry. <laughs> yeah, uh, you know that whole SNL thing where he's like, yes. say hi to your mom for me. Yes. Now I'm going to look at that completely different. And now Mark Wahlberg talks to animals. Hey, I'm Mark Wahlberg. You guys know me. Let's go talk to some animals. Hey, dog, how's it going? I like your fur, that looks really great. So you're a dog, right? What's that all about? Okay, well, it was great to meet you. Say hi to your mother for me, okay? That's exactly what I was going to bring up. Like, this is that version of Mark Wahlberg. That accent, just like a tough guy, trying to make it in movies, you know? Like, it's great. David and Nicole start this relationship, and he even, like, literally says it like, oh... You know, if it's too good to be true, it is. What? Nothing. Oh, there's not nothing going on behind those beautiful eyes. Tell me. I was just thinking that, you know, you're not at all like what I expect you to be the first time I saw you. How so? I don't know. You're just... Sweet. But you're the one that's hiding something. It's just that I was taught that if something seems too good to be true, then it probably isn't. Yeah. So far, what I know about you is you're beautiful, you're incredibly perceptive, 
just need to know like one flaw so I can believe the rest. Get a week. I got all the time in the world. But they're having this perfect romance. You know something is definitely going to go wrong. I wrote some like gems of lines down like um, every part of you tastes so good. Yes! <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> which wow <laughs> and like how he's always eating her face like it's like they're in seventh grade i love it guys are gonna try to take advantage of a girl like you yeah <laughs> <laughs> or when Alyssa milano's like don't think too much it's gonna give you premature wrinkles <laughs> but when he says like i want to meet your family i was like uh-oh like they were like on date two so that's where kind of like this really kicks in, right? Wait, when is this roller coaster scene? You're gonna have to remind me. I know it happened. It's like, I, isn't it like towards like? It's after very, family. It's, not like, it's after family. Yeah. Okay, I just I just didn't want to miss it. So he goes and meets the family, and he's just like, I'd be suspicious as a parent. He's like too nice and too perfect, and they ask him. The dad asks him, right, like, oh, uh, what are you doing? He's like, oh, he's like, you're not in high school with Nicole, are you? And he says something along the lines of, like, oh, yeah, you know, I'm just figuring out what I'm going to do, but I might go to UW in the, in the yeah. fall. <laughs> I'd have been like, bullshit. You know, I would have said, all right, buddy. But yeah, okay. How's it going? Couldn't do it without you. What? <laughs> I got and very he... angry in that scene. For The dad deserves to die because of that scene. And you're that naive and ridiculously dumb. The whole family should bite it in the next scene, is all I'm saying. <laughs> the whole family, except for the one family member who didn't deserve to bite it, who bit it, though. Like, that dog deserved oh. better. No, no, the dog had to go, too, because the dog was no. like, yeah, he's pretty good. He's pretty good guy. <laughs> True, the dog did. the dog? He, he falls into a trope. He's the guy that, like, goes upstairs when the killer's in the house. He's the guy that <laughs> falls. He's the fat guy in every horror movie. I'll just go around the corner a, and see what's going on. He was a good boy. No good. I, I'm team no good boys ever die in movies. <laughs> Kate Hudson, I cannot believe you recommended a film where the dog gets decapitated. So, I will be honest. I've seen this movie so much. And, like, first off, you knew the moment. He was like, oh, nice dog, Mr. Walker. Nice dog. Like, you knew the <laughs> dog was going to bite it. Like, I've seen this movie enough that I know when to close my eyes to not see the dog head. Like, get shoved. I didn't know. I didn't know. I thought it was going to be an off... I I knew the dog was going to die, like you said, but I thought it was going to be an off-screen dog death. I didn't think we would see a severed head. Oh, dude, it's just like like the friend. So the friend... I mean, we haven't even discussed the boyfriend, Matt, the friend from school. Matt, her friend from school, Alyssa Milano comes back and is like, oh my God, he said he was beat to death. No, he had a broken neck. That wasn't... (laughs) That wasn't beat up at all. I mean, the token gay guy. They had to, like... The 90s were, like, okay at diversity, but we always got it, like, kind of wrong. And I feel like that's what they did with her, like, token best friend. They're like, no, we're going to cast a gay guy, but we're going to fucking murder him. And then it's all going to be okay, right? 90s, we're progressive. Did it say he was gay? There's, like, a throwaway line. Or I've made up a complete backstory for him, which I... You made up a backstory, I think. There's no line for him. I I could have sworn he's gay. Well, that's, that's what it. That's uh, stereotyping, isn't it? Hmm. Hmm. <laughs> hmm. I, I mean, I, there's like a throwaway line when she's like yelling at David, like he doesn't even like girls or something. I thought. <laughs> wait, wait, wait! I'm going to stop you there. No, no, I'm going to stop you there. Not every beautiful guy that is like out there making something of his life, doing something, having a writing career, is exactly what you think they are. 
Okay. Don't don't judge. <laughs> Jesus, I could have sworn he makes a comment like a dude is hot or like when she's yelling at like uh, David that she's like he doesn't even like girls or something. And that's why it's like David beating him is so ridiculous. I could have sworn that there is an allusion to her best friend being gay. Don't don't put a label on us. Don't put a label on us. <laughs> I don't I mean, us like, men. Us men. So, you know. All I can say is if it just gives me another excuse to go watch Marky Mark and Fear again. So I will report back with my findings later. Oh, I'm doing it right now. I'm going to that scene right now. I don't I think are. they said it. Um, you know, I was watching it with someone and they were like, is he gay? I'm like, I, I don't know, but I don't think they've said it. I think it's one of these things like it's the 90s. If you're like a cosmopolitan educated person, you might like assume so. But I think like. Someone who's not be like, oh, that's a friend, and he's just nice. I could have sworn he said something like David being beautiful at the beginning, and then she yelled at him during it after hey, he beat her. I think Mark Wahlberg is beautiful. Oh yeah, well, I, I mean, I draw him on a napkin. <laughs> he's a chiseled, chiseled man, you know. Like he's a. <laughs> I don't know. I mean, you guys, listen. I have nothing right now. I am. I got nothing. <laughs> Say hi to your folks for me. Yeah. <laughs> anyway. Anyway. The dad is suspicious as any dad in that position would be. That scene where he goes to the bathroom in the dad's office, uh, office, I guess. It's so weird because like everyone's going into that room. This house looks really big, but presumably that's the only bathroom. Well, no, but I don't know. That's that's when he checks out Alyssa Milano too, right? Yeah. Yeah, that doesn't make any sense to me. There, there should have been more story to that. I, I, I was like... Oh, it's going to be one of these films. And then, no, that's it. It's just a pervy moment for him. And, and they made such a big deal of it when they cut to Marky, you know, Marky Mark, and he looks over and he's like, I see what you'd like. I know what you want. And then nothing. Then nothing happened. I feel like there was a side story that got cut. Yeah, I thought he was going to use that against him at some point. Right. Is what I'm hearing that we're all going to start a release, the director's cut of fear to <laughs> on Twitter? Is that what I'm hearing? Because oh I'm God. kidding, guys. <laughs> what if this was a three-hour epic and they cut it down to an hour and 30 minutes? I'd watch it. Uh, <laughs> Hell yeah, I'd right? A little bit. Oh, my God. The one thing I wrote then in the scene, too, like at the end, he, he changes the clock in the dad's office. Right. Do you think he actually believed that that would, like, trick him? It did. I was shocked. For days. Yeah, the guy's got a computer him. with a time. A time okay, I was going to ask. It. His like, watch is next to the computer. Like, come on. <laughs> like, how is that the only thing? Like, well, all my other clock says it's this time, but this one clock here is giving me a couple more hours to finish this assignment. Like, oh, God. But you okay? But you guys are acting like we all have pocket computers now. This was '96. Who really used their computer that much to remember that it has its own clock? A guy that designs everything on his computer. He was staring at it for hours. But this is pre Windows '95 too. If this movie was filmed in '94, like Charlie said, that he like he may be utilizing a DOS system here. I don't remember (sighs) that like time. True, true, true. Stamping on Mm, that. Maybe. Let's. We're we're coming from this with a 2020 you know world view. This is this is 94, man. Time has no meaning. <laughs> By the way, I forgot to mention uh, the director's name, James Foley. He's actually still active. He also did a pair of movies that take place in the Pacific Northwest. Fifty Shades Darker and Fifty Shades Freed. Oh, man. Oh. Bless him. <laughs> that, that, that tracks, actually? Like, I can see the through line between fear to doing the 50 movies. <laughs> These always come up with us, and I don't know why. <laughs> Like, even though it's Twilight fan fiction, I'm actually not that big of a fan of that franchise. If you go to my uh, 
the Charlie Talbert, big guy in the tie Instagram. Self plug. What's up? Uh, <laughs> you'll see me. You'll see me doing a time lapse uh, parody video of watching Fifty Shades of Grey. It's ridiculous. Oh really? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, check that it's out. It's like thirty seconds long, and you're just like, what? And you know every part I'm watching. <laughs> By the way, I just watched the scene again. No point does she say he's gay. I watched the scene where he walks up and the scene where he's getting beaten down. She's saying, go away, go away, go away. Not, not he's gay, he's gay, he's gay. <laughs> Listen, dudes, I, I stand corrected. If I, if I am retroactively applying a label 25 years on, apologies. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, yeah. I guess you'll just have to watch it again. I'm totally gonna. We all know I'm gonna watch this movie again, probably within the next couple of weeks. Like, that's just gonna happen. I need to see that footage. I want to watch you watching the movie because, you know, they, they took Mystery Science Theater off TV for a long time, so I need that back in my life. Can we do the Kate Hudson one at Mystery Science Theater reboot. I will I will be honest, I definitely have hit myself enough like Marky Mark in fear, whether along with the movie or in my actual life, to know that the best way to hit yourself like Marky Mark in fear is not right hand to left side, because that like yeah. makes your heart feel funny. You have to do left hand to right side. Right. Right. Well, I mean we've all hit ourselves. Good to Everybody, know. I that is so by the way, that's what I reference at least week rather in my writing or like my advice to my friends like if i don't have good advice to give you i will just say well have you considered hitting yourself like marky mark in fear that is great advice you're a wonderful friend oh yeah this is why my <laughs> friends don't ask for advice <laughs> that's actually isn't that your tagline on twitter it <laughs> okay, should be. have you considered hitting yourself like mark mark in fear it's it really is evergreen advice because you can apply it to literally any situation and it's going to be equally inappropriate you know i did something like that when when i was a kid i was getting bullied a lot by somebody i'm not going to get into specifics because i don't know how long the statute of limitations is for getting somebody <laughs> expelled from school but I, I i did something very similar to that and uh i got away with it oh wow that, that took care of my that took care of getting rid of that person for junior high Ooh. They had it yeah. coming. If, listen, if you've pushed someone to the point where they're hitting themselves like Marky Mark in fear or at least taking like a beat from Marky Mark in fear, screw it. You had that coming. You know, I used uh, I used crayons, too, to create a fake bruise that you couldn't rub off. Pretty good. Pretty good. That is ingenious. Okay. That's a clever little junior high kid. <laughs> I was going to say, save some of this for our Angus deep dive. Come on. Cause Dude, God, I'm, I'm going to say this. I'm loving this. I, you may have been Not like that. married to your like high school or kindergarten sweetheart in an alternate timeline, but in another timeline, you and I are both in jail and respect. We run that. <laughs> we run our respective prisons. <laughs> right. Right. <clears throat> well, Kate, I feel you. guess what, Kate? Your favorite scene is coming up next. So it's the roller coaster scene is not my favorite scene. <laughs> okay. It's the scene where he hits himself. Followed by She's like, that's he's... not my favorite scene. It's the only scene. <laughs> yeah. Like, and then followed, it's like roller coaster is probably my third favorite because the second is, let me in the fucking house. Like, I love that. I clap every time he does it. That was really good. That was really good. I, I was impressed with it. I expected it, but I enjoyed it. Right? But the roller coaster scene. Sorry, no, I was I just totally shit all over your segue. No, roller coaster scene is definitely a top five for sure. <laughs> top five in the movie. Okay, so <laughs> I mean we talked about it a little bit before. Um, 
I used to really like this cover, like growing up, uh, Wild Horses by, I think the band is called The Sundays. Yep. I'll, I'll never look at it the same. They play it like two or three times in this film. They play every song in this movie two or three times. <laughs> you know what I like, and I'm using love in air quotes, but you know what I love about this film? Everything. <laughs> Maybe, but. Mark Wahlberg? Mark Wahlberg, yes. But these scenes like this that make me personally uncomfortable, they don't last like 30 seconds. They go on for like a good two or three minutes. At least it felt like it. I thought I was watching a music video. And that shouldn't surprise any of you, though, because one note I wrote on the director was he was throughout the 80s Madonna's music video director of choice. Right. So it kind of makes sense with a sequence like this, right? Like um, very much it's there's no audio, right? no, can you hear the roller coaster? I can't remember. No, you can hear it a bit because he does. It's it's kind of a he does a really great blend of climactic buildup for both Reese and the roller coaster, mm-hmm. and he really ties them in together. I mean, somebody that can shoot you, you're dead on with that. Somebody that can shoot a music video for three minutes, keep you enthralled, makes a three minute scene in a movie really keep you going. Yeah, no. So as like creepy as it for me to admire the. <laughs> That scene, it was shot really nice. <laughs> yeah, nice. <laughs> for you guys, seriously, who- that three-minute scene, I watched it for what at least two, three hours. <laughs> I gotta tell you, it holds up. It holds up. So, um, yeah, guys, if you didn't see the film, and again, if you're listening at this point and you haven't seen the film, it's kind of weird. But <laughs> if you didn't see the film, basically, what he's it's like a roller coaster moment, and they he's fingering around okay, a roller okay. coaster. <laughs> yeah, I was gonna say he's throwing the old knuckleball, but whatever. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, I was gonna let you guys both sort of dig your grave with that. And I'm like, you know what? Just let the chick who picked the movie and who at least like is probably the least creepy like one to describe it. Just tear that bandaid off. Thank Actually, you. I was really I was taken out of that scene because I know that part of her is a double because when her hands are above camera, they're manicured. When they're below, they're not. So it wow. wasn't her. So. Shit, you are like I want to play Where's Waldo. Well, actually, I don't want to play Where's Waldo against you. <laughs> wow, good uh, catch! You're so much more yeah. analytical than me and Kate on these podcasts. <laughs> I appreciate it. Yeah, I just talk a lot of like nonsense. <laughs> But okay, so let's just address the like elephant in the room here too. Like, sure, that is a great slumber party scene for a tween or a teen who is coming of age and discovering their sexuality. However, from a very practical standpoint, that was dangerous as hell. He, unless he like rode that roller coaster a lot to know the dips and the turns and all that, like there could have been some like puncturing or like real pain involved in that. Oh, I thought you were gonna say it's dangerous because you know you can never give a girl that again once you're on a roller coaster. I mean, come on. You know, <laughs> setting the bar a little high, huh, Chessie LaRue? Yeah, anyway. I would imagine that his next time he did that involved, like, magic tricks and, like, I don't know, maybe a choir? <laughs> because, like, <laughs> agreed, the bar is very high, but one wrong jerk, literally, that you're not prepared <laughs> for? <laughs> oh, my God. That is a, that's the new tagline for this film. One, literally, one wrong jerk that you're not prepared for. Yeah. Done. Marky Wahlberg. I'm worried that people saw that scene and were like, we're going to do this. And then, like, people got hurt. You're playing Uh, fire if you're doing that shit on a roller coaster. So, fair to assume that he's done it before then, right? I imagine that's that's his signature move. (laughs) That's not a fair – that's like Coney Island, that roller coaster. That thing's been there forever. That's got to be his thing, right? 
you know, the character. Both all of these actors <laughs> Mark you know, did a phenomenal. No, all of these actors did a phenomenal job. What, I, what if Marky you know, Mark put that in his contract? He's like, okay, but I got to use my signature move just to record it while I'm young and beautiful. The roller coaster. <laughs> oh God! And he's still young and beautiful. That son of a. Oh, anyway. <laughs> I guess I guess you're gay now, according to Kate Hudson. Oh God, Kate! Why are you labeling me? I was married. I'm going to watch this movie again and we will do a follow-up <laughs> in the next episode and I will lay out the case for why I thought her friend who gets murdered is gay. Because I swear there's a throwaway line in there somewhere. That's the spinoff there's- podcast, Slumber, Part- Slumber Party Mornings, where we watch the movie again. I, d- <laughs> I just watched both scenes. I'm telling you, there's no there's no throwaway line. <laughs> it's just a good-looking guy that you labeled. And in a time where we're all indoors and stuff that just happened in the world. I, never mind. I don't want to. <laughs> I'm telling you, dudes, I will, I will take this hit now because I own my whatever. But I'm telling you, there's something in there that's more explicit than like that. You know what? I feel you because my buddy Chris, uh, my buddy in Angus, Chris Owen, he and I had a conversation for probably about a year, an argument that in Shawshank Redemption, uh, the guard, just before Andy plays the record, he says, he says, I'm going to go pitch a loaf, you know? And Chris was like, no, no, it's pitch a loaf, pitch a loaf. I'm like, dude, you do not poo and throw it in the toilet. You pinch a loaf because your <laughs> anal area, clo- yeah. your rectum closes on said digested food. It's pinch, man. Anyways, I won 20 bucks, and I understand what you're saying. It's going to stick with you, <laughs> but it's going to hurt. It's going to hurt when the truth comes out. And people like you and people like Chris that have stereotyped in pe- I don't It's fine. Yeah, I wanted to see where you're going to take that. I'm like, no, just let him riff right now, see where it ends up, because we may get to like a, and that's why capitalism is bad, kids. Like, you never know. <laughs> and that's why he's homosexual. Oh, wait. <laughs> I'm going to rewatch and look for this. And I will own it. If it's not in this movie, I will own that. So I apologies. <laughs> I, I want subtitles. I want subtitles too on the screen. Throw them up. I got to see it. <laughs> I love the next part of my notes. Just says, age of consent, Washington, 16. So I definitely right. was watching this, looked it up just to see <laughs> the legality. Because of, of the this. phone call, right? That the dad <laughs> made. Yeah, I'm with you. I'm with you. That was like, that was something too. I was like, what? I mean, okay, Kate, you, again, were, as you said, were more in the demographic for this film. Like, do you think it's okay to make these movies that are marketed to teenage girls about guys like this or these kind of situations? I, I don't know. I mean. Yes. Oh, I, I think we've had this conversation with Twilight too, where there's. <laughs> I feel like there's a lot of hand wringing specifically over media geared towards teenage, you know, teenagers, you know, female teenagers, because we don't want to like corrupt their minds and give them bad ideas. But like nobody ever wrings their hands over movies geared towards teenage boys, like ever. They just don't. Like no one's worried about transforming, making them think, oh, if they, you know, robots, like they're going to be disappointed <laughs> if they don't find magical space robots. Like, <laughs> come on. Like, that Nobody. is not a good reference, Kate. <laughs> that I think is it's the terrible. best reference. <laughs> no, I just, like, you know this movie is trash, and I say that lovingly because I love trash. This is not a movie, like, it's just entertainment. It's just popcorn. It's junk food. I, I got to tell you, in, in my thought process based on what we're talking about, I, I think it's smart to show this kind of movie because at this time because you can think that somebody's okay but this kind of makes you take a look at really what their personality is like. When, when Mark Wahlberg is in the, before he changes the clock on dad, and he goes, get me a Coke. 
I really liked that line. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. He wasn't nice about it. He was he was just about himself. Like it gives a, a, a young girl at this time or a young person in general, even if the roles are reversed. Hey, watch out for what how people are treating you. So I, I there was a little bit of a lesson there that that. I didn't mind. I'll bring this up, Kate. Do you know anyone at the time who ignored the fact that Mark Wahlberg was, okay, I, David, I'll be clear, <laughs> who ignored the fact that David was a creep and was like, oh, I actually really liked him. Duh. So there, okay. <laughs> yeah. That's of a little course. dangerous, no? Yeah, but it's, it's not dangerous because it's fictional. Like, this is a movie. It's where you can just sort of let that side of you win out. Like, I don't think anyone's like, oh, awesome, he killed the dog. But <laughs> yeah, I mean, he's hot. And I can tell you the thought process. I remember watching this movie at a slumber party. It's like, oh, wow, he really, like, loves her. Like, it's a twisted fucked right. up love. But it's it's a safe way to explore that when you're 12 or 13. Oh. Like, it's a little bit of, like, wish fulfillment. Like, oh, wow, someone really does love me and, like, will fight for me. I got to say, I grew up in a house with, like, oh, God, at some point, I'm sure I had about 14 girl cousins living at my grandma's house and me. But I had a few guy cousins, too. And they, they would, like, live in the basement. We had a three-floor house in Kenosha, Wisconsin. And we had, uh, like, one of those bare ceilings in the basement that it was just like floorboard and like the old school piping and ventilation system and they would burn with their lighters like names into this piping like you know and they would like you know do these really crappy pen tattoos on their body with somebody's name on it you know love you sylvia whatever and i was just like yeah that's a real thing that thing happened a lot people did that a lot <laughs> okay my god so yeah that's what he does right in this film he puts that nicole forever I love that. <laughs> That's a top five scene. Because think about, like, okay, it's like kind of a janky prison tattoo. But also, he did that backwards looking at a mirror. Like, that's impressive. Let's give some props to David. You know what? I I, I got to say that Amazon Prime, they do little trivia. They got the notes right on that one because uh, he's got no bruise on his chest from where the dad supposedly hit him. Oh. Yeah. You're ruining this so, film, Charlie. You're ruining it. Yeah, just taking me out of it a little bit, you know, whatever. Did you notice that or did you look that up later? No, I noticed it and then I found it and I was like, oh, yeah, I was right. I didn't see it because I only watched it once. I could not watch that movie twice in one night. I couldn't do it. <laughs> I'm impressed. I just like, I just embraced the trashy quality of it. I'm like, yeah, he's tattoo on his chest. Yeah, Marky Mark. And I just, I don't question it. That I'm impressed. <laughs> so, so I looked up like the Nicole Forever thing, like to see, like, because I'm like, oh, this must be a part of pop culture, right? It is, yes, and it is like some someone even made like enamel pins of that, which I, yes! I kind of need so to get. Ro Roxana, who also writes for Pajiba, as soon as that came out, tagged me on Slack. She's like, "Hey, we gotta buy these." Like, <laughs> I love this movie. The only thing is, I didn't buy it, and I did search for that enamel pin person. If they had a pin of him hitting himself. I would have bought it, and I'm not even a pin person. Which, which actually, it made me get mad at Matthew McConaughey from Wolf of Wall Street, where he's doing the um. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. <laughs> no, it's not. I was like, you. you stole that from Mark Wahlberg, man. You stole that. But apparently, Mark that's actually a real warm-up exercise that he does, and they left it in the film. Oh, really? Yeah. Did he ever oh. work with Marky Mark? Do we know? Uh, that? I honestly don't know. I'd I don't have know. to check. <laughs> I don't, so like maybe he stole that from Marky Mark. Maybe, maybe McConaughey is a huge fear fan. <laughs> maybe. I was going to say too, like there's a bunch of like, you know, uh, just internet t shirt websites that sell like fake six pack shirts with that <laughs> written on it. I maybe. live down in New Orleans. Okay. We've got nothing but fake six pack <laughs> shirts down here. <laughs> 
Oh, Does man. it say Nicole Forever on it? Charlie, you should go do mm. a guerrilla marketing campaign for Fear, where you just take a Sharpie <laughs> to those shirts in the shops and just write Nicole Forever on them. <laughs> I'm gonna, uh, yeah, you know, I was thinking about not doing that. Um. <laughs> <laughs> that's, that's how you end up in prison in this timeline. <laughs> right. <laughs> right. Well, well, Kate, okay, so I was going to ask you this question. I wrote this in my notes. Um, let's say you were meeting up with someone for the first time, whether it be a date or just, I don't know, professionally as well. I don't want to put you in that thing. And they showed up with that T-shirt, like the six-pack, but it says Nicole Forever. Are you I'd excited? Or do you yeah. assume? Or do you assume they stalked you? I mean, b- both are probably on the table. I I wouldn't <laughs> assume anybody stalks me because it'd be really boring, especially right now in quarantine. Like I'm, stalkers, no, but internet of stalking. You, you know, you're an accredited Rotten Tomatoes reviewer. You, you're a writer for Jiva. You have an internet footprint. I, I'd assume at least. So, <laughs> do you so, do you remember how we met yesterday? I, do you remember how we met? I listened to a podcast. There you uh, go. First of all, I went through and hashtagged all the Angus hashtags, and I went through to thank everybody and like their post, and then I saw your guys' podcast, your podcast, and then I saw the episode you guys did. I listened to that, and I was like, oh, well, I've got to thank these people, you know, and so I found you guys and reached out to you, and, and so it happens. I just always think I'm operating in a vacuum. <laughs> like, always. I always think nobody gives a shit, because I, I'm so wrapped up in my own life, which basically involves watching fear a lot that like i'm not paying attention to anything so i assume everybody else is like that <laughs> but i would just so to answer your question i would be stoked because <laughs> i would assume that they are a fear fan just like me and if it turns out they were like daviding me i <laughs> probably would be a little flattered because oh let's be honest yeah that makes sense because you'd be like you know what did you go through etsy because all right you know what? yeah like and you know. plus like let's just be really honest reese witherspoon was like what like 17 18 in this movie and she got feared i am 35 so if i'm still getting feared like <laughs> at least someone thinks i still have it okay kate true story my first ex-fiance was a stalker fan of mine and she oh found my, my information in 1997 on the internet they, she had her friend called internet shelly find my information find my grandma's name in her article first they tried to call charlie talbert which is a different charlie talbert that lives in, in kenosha wisconsin then they found my grandma's name then they found her number then she ended up calling me and talked to me we ended up being on the phone for like six months at a time because i figured you know what if somebody's gonna go through the trouble to find my phone number in kenosha wisconsin and tell me what a huge fan they were because they saw the first time they ever saw angus was at a preview for don juan DeMarco. i'm gonna give you the time of day so i get you on if somebody's gonna go through that effort, I'm gonna give it to him. Oh right? my god! You that got is... feared. You got. Feared. I got. You got feared. Straight up feared. Here one I am. Year asking... After fear, I got feared. <laughs> that was one year after. Oh my god! Yeah, ninety-seven. I graduated in uh, nineteen ninety-seven, and it was two weeks before school let out. We started talking, and you got engaged to this person. Oh, we don't have to get into it. I'm sorry. I'm just intrigued. <laughs> We'll, we'll go there another day. But no, we actually, this is the perfect episode. Yeah, I got engaged. You can, well, first I went out to, back to California. I told my grandma I'd be back in two weeks. And then uh, I took Chris's dad. We went up to San Jose to meet this girl who was nine oh years older than me. You and, literally uh, she, got feared. You have the age I got, difference? Like, yep. First time I ever went to a rave up there in, in <gasps> San Jose. I went to an expansion rave in uh, San Francisco. Uh, oh my God. First time I ever took any kind of real drug, things like that, you know, instead of 
sniffing computer cleaner or whatever, <laughs> whatever it was, <laughs> porking, I think they called it. Uh, but by the end of that, I ended up living in the house with her and her new boyfriend and being homeless for six months while running a rep limited big and tall. And how I got back into acting was I was about to go back to Wisconsin and give it all up. And I heard Chris's voice on the radio for October Sky. And he said, what do you want to know about rockets? Screw it. I'm going back to L.A. And uh, that was it. That's awesome. Oh, but I got to tell you, that relationship ended up in a car chase, guns, her getting run down by the police, me getting held up by the police because I had her gun. It was intense. It was intense. Please save the details for our Angus intensive episode. You got it. I want to hear it. More importantly, going forward, we must refer to this movie now as Marky Mark and Fear colon, the Charlie Talbert story. (laughs) Nice. Because you lived fear. (laughs) You lived fear. Not amazing, but you know what I mean. (laughs) It's no, I mean it was amazing. It was amazing, but I don't want to like I wouldn't be who I I wouldn't Okay. No, I'm in. I'm in. I'm in. What are you talking about? I'm in. Yeah, I'll play the game. Feared. <laughs> she was an Angus fan, and that that threw me for a loop, man. She was in love with me. What, the, what can you do? The best part about this, though, is that we are not the biggest like crazy asshole Angus fans out there. That's like that's a win for you and I, Brian. That is a win. More for you, but like, because <laughs> <laughs> no, you, you brought nice. the movie to me. Nice. I'll save the Angus chat later. But side note, some of the insight you gave me yesterday, I was like, whoa! I can't wait to talk about it. I was really excited. <laughs> Anyway, Kate, I apologize for assuming that you would be the one who would get feared, not knowing that Charlie was actually feared. Yeah, stop putting <laughs> labels on people, guys. Come it's on. I, I'm the asshole now. Like, the <laughs> asshole hat has gone from Kate to me. So Don't worry, I'll <laughs> regain it pretty soon. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. So, I, I don't know if people want a fear two-part special. So let's talk about some of these scenes. <laughs> Maybe they do. I don't know. So around this time is when she loses her, Reese Witherspoon's character, Nicole, loses her virginity to Mark Wahlberg. Because he creeps into her bedroom. To David, sorry. Yes, he creeps into her bedroom at night. She invited him, but still. She gave him the passcode to the house. Oh, my God. Chekhov's passcode. <laughs> whatever they're in love they're not in love they're They're not in love there's a lot of red flags here throughout like the stepmother is like kind of being supportive of their relationship which is interesting but i get it right Um, wait wait, wait. let's pause on that for a second because one of the real one of the few very few problems i have in this movie other than the dog dying is the fact that a grown-ass woman walks in on a teenager with a fucking black eye and just takes it at face value like even in the mid 90s that was always a warning sign like if you have a boyfriend and you have a black eye that's kind of like okay Like, even in Seventeen Magazine, which promoted fear at the time, like, talking about those warning signs. So that was the one part I thought was really unrealistic because no woman would just be like, oh, I'm getting along with my stepdaughter. It's great. I'll show her how to, like, cover up a black guy as a bonding experience. Like, that's a red flag, even in 96 or 94. Like, there there should have been more questions from a responsible adult. So bad. <laughs> yeah, that was not great. But is she a responsible adult? She just said mm-hmm. a few scenes earlier, you're dressed what? So, I mean, you know, I, maybe she's, being, she's trying to build that moment of trust. So what eventually does happen, happens, where she finally does tell her. So I think I, I was okay with it. It took me out of it for a second. But when that second scene where she finally tells the mom about it, uh, you know, the stepmom about it, that made that first scene understandable with the motives of Amy Brenneman's character. 
And the mom is the smartest one in the bunch in that respect because she even says, what do you want her to go sneak off, you know, when they're having the party? What do you want her to freaking lie to you? You know, you so can- the mom is playing her own game there. I agree, but I just think it's one of those things where a man wrote it because a woman would have taken a different approach because that's just not how women react to that situation. It's just not. I agree with you. I just see the device in the... Oh, yeah. In the, in the film. Listen, no one's going to say fear doesn't have its own consistent internal logic. That's what makes this <laughs> trash masterpiece so good. It's consistent. It, like, it makes sense. It's logical. So you could just focus on, like, the trashy plot points, which I love. Oh, man. <laughs> Kate, you've been on uh, Too Fast, Too Forever. Joe 2 recently changed, like, guilty pleasure films to call them trash pocket films. Which is, you don't feel guilty watching them. You don't feel guilty talking about no. them. But you, you just put it in your trash pocket. Would you qualify this as a trash pocket film? Oh, for sure. And I just need to be really clear. When, sometimes when someone calls something trashy, that's an insult. That is not an insult. No, 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 no. And he didn't I mean love it like that trash. either. I love trash. So I get what he, because it's like a Hot Pocket. Or like, in my case, a Totino's Party Pizza. Like it's, just, <laughs> it's like... It's just it trash. burns you a little bit, but it's good. Yeah, like there is a place for trash in our diets. I truly believe that. Just like I think there's a place for trash movies in our collective consciousness. No, and you know, there's always this argument today that like everyone who makes a movie is like really trying to make a really well-made artistic piece, and that we don't actually have enough B movies or, or trash movies, quote unquote. Today, I, I don't know if that's the case, but, you know, certainly people have been saying that maybe it is. Maybe, you know, the early 90s was more of a time to indulge in this kind of thing. No one went into the theater to watch Fear and was like, let me get my, you know, notebook out to write down who's going to be Oscar nominated for this film. You know, this but they should ha- have. Because <laughs> okay. there were. But I think so. I think it's really. I think what has really driven the point home for me, because I don't necessarily watch movies with a critical eye like you guys do, um, but to watch Fear with someone, Charlie, who has never seen it, and the fact that you keep coming back to, like, the consistent logic in the movie, I think that is a testament to, like, trash can be well-made, but it can still be trash, you know? Kate, you say you don't watch movies with a critical eye. Aren't you an accredited Rotten Tomatoes reviewer? you read my quote-unquote Rotten Tomatoes reviews, it'll be like, Jean-Claude Van Damme kicked some stuff. It was pretty cool. I had to pay attention to the movie. <laughs> like, that's literally in the review. So, they'll give an accreditation to basically anyone, so it's not that impressive. Let's see, what's the next big scene here? Oh, this is when everything goes crazy, right? Like, the next note I just had is Marky Mark fucks up the car. So, how do we get here? How do we get yes! to this How do we get to this big ending? If you want to spend time on the chest pumping scene, we can as well, so it's up to you. I mean, listen, I think the chest pumping scene has been in this entire podcast consistently. So I don't yeah. think we need to focus entirely on it because it's just it's just the best scene. Period. Well, what happened? What happens before this scene where he he says, yeah, pop both your cherries is he he kills the uh, the homosexual friend in the woods. Yeah. <laughs> Poor buddy. If any, I don't know who would be, but if anyone was on the fence about Mark Wahlberg's character, like your dog, your dog, yeah, your dog is. Anytime I say Mark Wahlberg, he barks. (laughs) He he hears Barky bark. Yeah, Barky Barky bark. bark. Yeah. So if you were on the fence about the character, at this moment, you're like, okay, there's no like redeeming qualities. I think someone disagrees. (laughs) Let's translate. Don't you say any. Thing, bark, bark, bark. He loves her. Oh. I need a treat. 
I need a treat. Somebody give me a treat. Maybe I'll name my next dog Marky Bark or something. That'd be cool. Anyway. I so love I that idea. You should. Barky Mark. Barky Mark. Barky Bark and Fear, Bark- the Charlie Talbert story. Yeah. Nice. Barky Mark and Fear, the Charlie Talbert story is going to be the full name of my dog. Anyway. God, you know what? If I had just watched Fear in 1996, maybe 1997 wouldn't have happened. Yeah. Oh, God. That's on you, <laughs> Glad you weren't a friend growing up. Jeez. I- growing up you would have seen fear so oh boy (laughs) anyway this movie like this podcast ascends into chaos essentially the friend gets killed r.i.p yes he's gary his name is gary gary he gets beat up in an earlier scene um he's brave because like he keeps like i would just like run away at that do you think marky mark took him out because he like was equally as attractive and possibly more beautiful than marky mark do you think it was marky mark Marky Mark took him out because every time he rolled up, he was hugging her, like, for a long time. Yeah, you you don't every, touch Nicole. Every scene. He's protective of her. It's only hey, his... Hey, how's it going? Sorry. <laughs> I really love that line right before he kills him. Hey, how's it going? Like, oh. <laughs> yeah. There were a lot of walls, and, and, and I pounded through them, and some of them were fleshy. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I remember that. So he gets got, yeah. R.I.P. Gary. And then this just descends into like chaos. I, I mean, we mentioned it earlier on, though. Like he has a really romantic scene with Nicole, but then he and you know she kind of, I don't want to say creeps on him because that's unfair because he's creeping on her the entire movie. But she c- drives to his house and Alyssa Milano is there and Alyssa Milano's with the guy she's with and then Marky Mark kind of forces creeps her. Yes. Kind of forces. Kind of. Oh my God! He grabs her. Jaw, it's like this one's mine, Tom Savini, and uh, yeah, it was it was intense. And and how does she not see that? How does she not? How does that not register her? That, that register to Nicole that her friend was literally forced hand on jaw to do what she did. So yeah, it's, yeah. This like I said, this movie does not necessarily hold up with a post Me Too viewing. <laughs> how do you mean? No, I'm just kidding. Please don't answer that. <laughs> I'm really, Brian, I have to give you props. I know that these are some of, let's just say, less kid-friendly parts of the plot point that you're trying very delicately to express. <laughs> so we got to give you props there because it's, you know, it's awkward. I mean, yeah, but it's, we, we got to talk about it. And she ends up using this incident to, well, this incident's interesting, right? Because like, yeah, she sluts shames her friend, but it's also, it serves as a plot device where Alyssa Milano thinks Marky Mark told uh, Nicole, but Marky Mark kind of thinks Alyssa Milano might have told Nicole. I don't want to say kind of, because he ends up running her car fighting with her, essentially. <laughs> it's so good. Because it's just trash. Like, why not put a car chasing here? Like, how are you going to shoe her that in? Like, they did a pretty good job hitting trash bingo. All I can say. <laughs> I question how this guy who lives in such a dilapidated home keeps such pristine you know his car in such pristine shape it's i mean he's a criminal he probably just stole it no he bought he bought it he there's a little speech that he's wooing her in the very beginning with about his car and that's one of the plot the uh, nicole's character looks at her dad and says hey he takes good care of his car at least and this character takes good care of himself and the respect it's all about true, survival actually. and he knows that his it's his survival mechanism, and it's also his tool to get people to trust him. Oh, look, I do this. I take care of this. And they even talk about how the car has some, like, you know, it would catch fire from time to time. 
So that's how he got such a pristine car in such you know good condition was he bought it from the dump because somebody did not want this car because it was a, a fire hazard essentially. But do you believe wow. him? Because he proved himself to be a liar on all of his backstory. It, yeah, that fact in the mythos though, you know what I mean? It's like that car actually has problems. So I could see why you would get that car on the cheap or on the fly. And if you're selling drugs, you can make money and get yourself a car. Most drug dealers I knew growing up uh, had a nice <laughs> car, if I knew them. Um, allegedly. 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 <laughs> allegedly. Letter Kenny. Bam. Okay. <laughs> you make a good point. Like, he is very pristine as a person, you know? He doesn't have the grungy beard. He looks bathed, unlike a lot of characters in this film. <laughs> so <laughs> it is logical that he would take care of, uh, you know, the car as well as himself. Let's bring this. And we do that. We do that as people. Like you know, your room is probably messy, right? But your house is immaculate. You know, it's just one of those things. What you show people, you know, that perception you put out, the clothes you put on when you go out, you know. But when you go home, what are ninety percent of people wearing right now in the world? Flannel pajama pants and an oversized T-shirt, drinking wine, and they're on a podcast. Whoa, are you fearing me, Charlie? Do you have like a webcam (laughs) in my apartment right now? (laughs) Kate, forever. Yeah, right? I just got feared, guys. <laughs> oh, man. <laughs> so let's bring this home. Let's talk about this intense ending to the film. I never like for my podcast to go longer than the actual runtime of the movie. It will, <laughs> but that's okay. <laughs> yeah. It's all good, though. It's all good. Um, but let's bring it home. We have an intense action scene coming up. You guys want to talk about that? Yeah, because this movie has it all. What is it all? Well, well, listen, we got the romance, we got the like car chases, we have murder, and now we have like some hardcore action scenes. And who expected that going into Marky Mark and Fear, Colin the Charlie Talbert story? Nobody! <laughs> <laughs> and we have a kid, a 12-year-old kid, a Dotson in a car. This is what yeah. makes a movie a movie. Yes! Like, this movie is a Mad Libs of awesome, okay? Like, it hits every single note. Like, explosions, <laughs> bad dudes, and fights. There's no plane that doubles as a prison, so I'm kind of confused with what you're saying. That's why it's not a perfect movie. Con Air is a perfect movie. This is a very good movie. Oh, man. <laughs> I, I, think, I think that the ending is actually pretty, like, scary. It is. If you haven't seen it a million times like I have. Like, those... Those guys yeah, are when Mark, as hell. When, uh, when David holds that gun over Dad's head, you know, I I'm I had never seen it, so I thought he was gonna pop him. I thought that was the end of it. Right? Like mm-hmm. there is actually suspense in this movie. Yeah, I mean it's uh it's like a scary home invasion, you know, like you know, he gets his whole team together. It's funny because he's like, Oh, we didn't talk about this, but the dad finds their crack house and quote unquote trashes it. But really, was it that much worse? than what he walked into. I know he, like, throws things on the ground and stuff, and he's angry, and there's, like, a Chucky doll and things. Oh, and, yeah, that's when he finds, like, the weird shrine to Nicole, right? Mm-hmm. With that oh, daddy's yeah. girl thing and the, pic- the family <laughs> picture that he stole and put his head on the dad's body. Yeah, hell yeah. <laughs> so fucked up. But who hasn't done that, though? Who hasn't done that, right? Yeah, but he among us on this podcast cast the who hasn't cut out their head and put it on their like a, their boyfriend or girlfriend's parents like face in a picture come on so weird because like it's not like the dad was in a couple with reese witherspoon right like if you put your face on the dad's photo you're kind of implying you're the partners of the stepmother which is just it was weird but i mean it served its purpose right um and then you know he, uh, marky mark uses that as wow 
if Mark Mark Wahlberg is never going to listen to this podcast, but it, I know he's going to be upset with us anyway. When David wants to get his gang essentially to invade uh, Nicole's home, she's like, "Oh, I know who attacked your house. Let's do this." And it's pretty crazy. Everyone's all in on this. Like you mentioned before, a cop gets shot. A child ends up driving a car. People get taped up. A lot of gunfire. A lot of deaths. Any uh, any moments you quote unquote enjoyed from this final home invasion angle? Oh yeah, I think I've already said it. Let me in the fucking house. It all could have been different, Mr. Walker. You should have allowed nature to take its course. In the end, it will anyway. So let me in the fucking house. That's like oh. my favorite line. I, I love when the cop is smart enough to duck when he feels that there's going to be somebody behind him when he's when he first pulls up and uh, uh, Mark Wahlberg's character David is is like, oh, I was just uh, seeing my girlfriend, and then he like he says, put your hands on the truck, and then the guy comes up behind him, but the cop, you know, is smart enough to duck out and pull back, you know, and then he's got both guns, <laughs> but he's stupid not to. He's stupid to just stand there with it. I mean, <laughs> I mean so. he had to die because people have to die in fear that's just the fear logic right (laughs) again eventually it leads to just like oh this is a pretty like this movie's only like an hour and 37 minutes i think and this scene is probably at least 20 minutes long or maybe maybe 15 but like 15 to 20 minutes long yeah it's it's got some weight through it fear gives you what you want they and fear knows you want to watch action right (laughs) sure Action action movies are my favorite movies. I think you would probably I think you probably already guessed that though. It's just funny that this appeals to you, Kate, so much because like teenage Kate is enjoying certain things, but also just like you like the action film as well. Like there there's this incredibly wrong stereotype that like women, young women don't like action films, but one, that is definitely not true. Two if you go back and look at these movies that are marketed to young women in the 90s, they do actually have a lot of action. I actually wrote that down. So yeah, people knew this from like, you know, this time. So it's not that crazy. Yeah, sure. I mean, they didn't expect somebody to get stabbed in the back with a peace pipe. But yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but that's the magic of fear. That's <laughs> true. By the way, the, the part of the carnival when uh, Tom Savini type character is like Oliver Alyssa Milano and he's winning the peace pipe and then Nicole looks back at him and he's like giving him the you know the two finger eyeball look turn around I'm gonna eat you alive look that didn't make any sense but I'm just gonna I digress go ahead <laughs> oh that's the same one I didn't sorry I, I'm connecting more dots now oh Charlie you're good <laughs> anything else you want to discuss before we just talk about the big ending, if you will, because it kind of ends abruptly. I mean, I want to hear your guys' take, because apparently the way I saw the ending and the way you both saw the ending are two very different things. So, yeah, he gets stabbed in the back, but it's not enough, and he ends up getting thrown out the window, right? Like, yup. Okay. Which was ridiculous. Did you see that throw? The, that yeah. guy launched out of the window, like, at least There's 25 no feet. What? 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 Why you couldn't throw a tennis ball that far? <laughs> I would I would throw something out of a window. It would trip. It would just end up hanging foot out of the window, fall down, and then come hunt me down and kill me with a piece of pipe. <laughs> I just he, think it looks cool, guys. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it, it does cool. look cool. Like he was shot yes. out of a cannon. 
said the producers <laughs> on the film while they're shooting. <laughs> I think it looks cool. Let's do it. Right? Yeah. That's all I want. It's all I want from fear. I don't I don't need logic or basic physics. I just need shit to look cool. <laughs> and then, you know, like it's not one of these movies where it has like a postscript where it's like, "Oh, okay." Like, oh, she goes back to school and everything's fine. Or not everything's fine, but you know, like it just kind of ends there. But when the credits roll, you see that there's a police boat looking through the water to try to find his body. Right. Yeah, 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 you are right. Um, This is when they really started delving into that. uh, Instead of giving you what happens next, the question of what do you think happens? So this was really a time for that in film. So I dug that, yeah. Yeah, no, but like, I'm not convinced he died. We don't actually see like his lifeless corpse somewhere, you know? Like if I don't see a body, they didn't die. And again, why yeah, would they show? Die. Why would they show us these credits of them searching for the body? I mean, you guys bring up a good point. I really never paid attention after the action was over. <laughs> Just full disclosure. I'm like, oh, man, fear's over. Damn it! Like, watch it again. You know, all these actors are alive. Let's do it. Yeah, know, well, I'm in. That was going to be my next question. It's not like they're remaking a bunch of stuff in Hollywood right now. So yeah, you're <laughs> no, doing sequels or anything. They so, are remaking Fear, though. They're, they, they're remaking Fear. They that. are, yes. That's what they say. I'll believe it when I see it. <laughs> but remake aside, could this have a sequel? So, you know, Mark Wahlberg's still very active in Hollywood. Reese Witherspoon's still very active in Hollywood. What do you guys think? <laughs> Fuck yes. Not could, should. Should Fear have a sequel? The answer is 1,000% yes. <laughs> and you're, you know, you'd want, obviously, Mark Wahlberg and Reese Witherspoon to come back. I mean, I want it all back. I want all of these people to come back and basically remake the movie all over again, only older. Yeah. How would that sequel look to you? Like, you know, maybe Reese Witherspoon has kids. Awesome. Just awesome. I want to see, did the Nicole Faeva tattoo get infected? Because there's no way it did. Like, That's your sequel? That It's just about that? <laughs> I, I mean, yeah, maybe Nicole now hunts down David. It's been 25 years. She's never gotten over it. She's at Linda Hamilton in Terminator 2, haunted by it. She's like, <laughs> fuck this. They never found his body. I'm coming after David. I'm going to fear David. And then she's like standing over, you know, Mark Wahlberg's character, David. She's like, you made a list of and then she stabs him (laughs) yes but first she has to hit herself but then she should stab him yeah 100 (laughs) percent. i'll show her some tricks with some crayons that'll just get her through it (laughs) you could be in fear it would be your i was in fear charlie because you you lived fear so let's bring both fears together (laughs) oh my god you're right i should traumatize myself and relive that what's wrong with you kate yeah Kate Hudson, best advice, best advice on the planet. This is why I don't give advice, because I will just tell you to hit yourself like Marky Mark and fear. <laughs> hey, Kate, hey, hey, Charlie, what's up, Kate? Remember that moment that traumatized you? Yeah, yeah, do it again. <laughs> <laughs> Only this time, dance. Dance for me, too. Shut up. Oh, man. <laughs> All right, so is there any other scenes or moments you want to talk about in fear, or then we'll move into our traditional well, awards? Yeah, so the the dad checks out Alyssa Milano. I mean, why doesn't it? <laughs> why, why doesn't there? That's a whole nother movie. Maybe he he's the maybe that's the sequel to Fear. Dad <gasps> goes nuts, learns from from uh, David McCall, and and boom, fears Alyssa Milano. <laughs> I'm down for that. I would watch that movie too. 
<laughs> they should just here's the, here's my problem with Hollywood right now. They just need to go mine the well of fear again, and they're not doing it, and I don't understand why. That's your problem with Hollywood. Good to know. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so let's give out some of our traditional awards. I don't know if they apply here, but maybe. First is the Wooderson Spicoli Award, which is the character who you would have liked to see more of. Again, famously, Matthew McConaughey in uh, Days and Confused was only supposed to be like one or two scenes, ends up being in a big part of the movie, you know, ends up winning an Oscar many years later. But is there anyone in this film who you would have liked to seen more of a character? John Cusack? <laughs> no. John Cusack should be in all movies. <laughs> uh, no, I... I would say Fraser. Uh, no, I, Fraser Payne. Uh, no, I would say physically, I would li- I like to have seen a lot more of Alyssa Milano. Um, fair, fair. Yeah, this was pretty spread out evenly as far as what I needed to see and why I needed to see them. Yeah, I agree. There's, there's honestly, there's nobody I personally think that I want to see more of. I mean, I can always just watch Fear again. Which I do. <laughs> Maybe uh, maybe the best friend, just to see if he was gay or not. Yeah, yeah. I want a whole backstory on him. I want to be vindicated. <laughs> Gary. Poor Gary. Gary. Poor kid. Old Gary. Okay. So nobody but tentatively Gary in the, for that one? <laughs> no, I think, you know what? The, the actor who performed Gary really fell into the stereotype of protective friend. So there wasn't too much that intrigued me that wanted to, me to keep seeing more of him. He played his part to what need, he he was exactly in that movie as long as he needed to be in. Okay. So nobody gets this award. I mean, this might be the same thing. Uh, the Long Duck Dong Award. Uh, a character whose omission would have made the film better, whether it be because things didn't age so well or just because, you know, it, it just wasn't necessary. Anyone in here who you would have maybe deleted? Yeah, whoever killed the dog, fuck him. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, he's the same guy that kills the cop, too. So, yep. you know, it's it's... But he he was kind of ancillary. I I mean I would I would have just been okay with seeing you know Tom Savini dude and uh, Mark Wahlberg terrorizing that. Yeah, I mean I think it would have done enough. Maybe not as many thugs. Who knows? But again, not not a not a big answer for that one. Actually, Nobby wasn't movie there. Is surprisingly well made. It's pretty balanced. In the, yeah. You know. So uh, Cameron Fry Award, famously Alan Ruck was thirty when he played a high schooler in Ferris Bueller's Day Off. Is there anyone who looked too old? to be in high school or even too old to be their age in this film. Marky Mark, come on. Let's be honest. Mark Wahlberg, you're saying? Yeah. He All looked the way too old to be dating Reese Witherspoon, which obviously is part of the movie, but also it just was a little like hair past acceptable. Yeah, but know? but they do reference that. They do reference so I'm okay with the age range on everybody. I mean it's a little weird, you know, that Mark Wahlberg's hanging out with a thirty nine year old, but I would hang out with older <laughs> friends, so I get it. <laughs> Kate, how old do you think Mark Wahlberg was when he shot this film? Oh, I just looked it up. Ah, oh, you ruined it. Sorry. He looked <laughs> he looked what I thought. I thought he looked about 25, a little bit younger. It was 94, you said, right? So wasn't he 23? Yeah. No, so 23, yeah. Gotcha. <laughs> On Rotten Tomatoes again, Kate, you're a big Rotten Tomatoes person, so <laughs> a big wig there. Um, the critics gave this 44%. The audience gave it 63%. But in High School Slumber Party, we grade things from an A-plus to F-minus scale, because that's what we do. Kate, I'll have you go first as the veteran of High School Slumber Party. What will you grade fear? A plus. I love it. A plus. I, it's it's truly, I, would a person who owns two copies of fear on Blu-ray not rank it A plus? 
Really? I don't know if it was like a guilty pleasure film or, or something. I don't know. So A plus. <laughs> okay. Yeah, this is in rarefied air for me, yes. How about you, Charlie? What uh what grade would you give fear? Oh God. I would pay a friend to give it a better grade and I give it a B plus. B plus. I give oh, it a God. B plus because it had it had like I said the it, it you utilized the characters on the screen as much as they needed to be there. It it had a, a shining scene where Mark Wahlberg is in the door crack and you know yelling at the mom and he says what Kate? Oh, let me in the fucking door. Yeah, right Go there. The house. Sorry, let me in the that, fucking house. I'm not an actor. That's Crazy. straight up. That's straight up the shining scene. It hit me on all cylinders. I just was take. It lost the A for me. In all the details, there are some details that kind of were like, ah, oh, well, okay, you oh, well, all right. And if you had just pursued the dad and Alyssa Milano story just a little bit, show the tension between the mom and the dad, uh, then I would get it, and I would, I would give you your AA. But Mark, <laughs> Mark Wahlberg nails it. You know, Reese Witherspoon nails it. The 39-year-old Tom Savini character, I'm in. <laughs> But I would say also I would like a little bit more of the guy on the payphone in the first scene when they go to the bar, you know, to get food or the coffee shop to get food. I would like to see that extra on the payphone ham it up a little bit more. <laughs> but thirty four um, years twenty four years later we're still talking about it, so Right? <laughs> sure. You know what I mean? Sure. Good job, extra. So I gave this film a I thought was a generous B. It ended up being the lowest score of the of everyone here. <laughs> You're cold-hearted. I can't give this an A+, because if I give this an A+, I have probably 400 or 300 more high school films to do. Who knows? And then I have to rank everything with fear. It just doesn't make sense. However, was I intrigued by watching it? Yes. Did I enjoy watching it? Surprisingly, yes. I mean, like, this is a film. Kate, you put it best. And I'm not just trying to shill the name of this show, but this is a slumber party movie. This is a movie you watch with your friends and just talk about it and, and laugh and be like, oh, my God, at certain moments. It's not a movie that's going to, you know, they're going to teach in film class or anything like that. It's junk food, and we need junk food in our lives. So, uh, you know, solid B, but you guys get given more than me. So <laughs> this is a very pro-fear podcast so um this is gonna sound like a weird question to you charlie but i ask it to all my guests and kate again you've been on if you had to have a fear themed sleeping bag to bring to the slumber party what would that sleeping bag look like it, it would absolutely be it would be a sleeping bag with the tom savini character and it says hey i was in the movie too <laughs> that might give you nightmares he was a bad dude he was a bad dude mm, no no <laughs> What's your sleeping bag? He was just misunderstood. Misunderstood. Mine's gonna be a racing car in homage to the inexplicable car chase, which is a good scene. (laughs) Yeah, I'm. I'm kind of surprised, but I mean, I get it. That's a good one. Oh, you know what? Actually, can I change mine? Mine is gonna be a sleeping bag with a hoodie on it. But when you pull the hoodie up, it's just like the floorboard and part of a door with a doggy (laughs) door on it. And then when you pull the hoodie up, it's actually a severed doggy head. Yes. Oh, no, too no. Soon. Yes. Too soon. Yes. Too soon. Oh, that's yes. terrible. I know my, it's rough. My, oh, whew. Too soon, man. Drum roll, please. <laughs> <laughs> barky. And it would say Barky Bark on the bottom oh, of it. Barky Bark. Oh. 
Barky Mark. I, I really am going to name my next dog Barky Mark. Or, or It's a good Marky name. Bark. I once named a cat. Be... I found Brett Michaels. Brett yes. Michaels. Yep, baby Brett Michaels. But not not the cat that's haunting you currently. No, that was that's Buster. He's still around. Rest in peace. Rest in power, Buster. Oh, he's around. <laughs> uh, okay, so, you know, last thing I'll really ask. Rent two movies, get one free. Each of you pick one movie. If, if, you, if the three of us are having a slumber party together and we're watching Fear at the slumber party, each of you pick another movie to rent. That's Three o'clock high. Three o'clock high. There you go. Easy answer. Three o'clock high. And again, I haven't seen it, so, you know, can't wait. We'll do that. I promise you we'll do that together. Uh, Kate, what about you? Con Air. No, you, you promised last time you wouldn't say Con Air again. Oh, fine. Okay. <laughs> Face off. <laughs> oh wow so different okay <laughs> <laughs> pages so at- i could eat pages for hours no no, no wait I'll, I'll pick the rock because that's a 1996 nick cage action class done okay okay nice so we're watching the rock <laughs> uh, fear and three o'clock high i love it we can we can be friends we can be friends <laughs> <laughs> well guys this was an absolute pleasure i had a blast i hope you guys did too Kate, you brought this movie really to my attention, and I'm glad we can knock some more films off your mandated guest list on this podcast. So and now Charlie's um, going to come back. Like, so you're yeah. wel- really, you're welcome, Brian. You're welcome. I, you know, you, 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 Angus you, strikes you, back three o'clock. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Perfect. Oh, I love it so much. <laughs> okay, so um, anywhere where people can follow you guys, uh, you know, or social media or whatever or what you guys are up to well i'll go first so we can end on a higher note a better note um, <laughs> <laughs> i write for pajiva you can find me there pretty much always talking about twilight and occasionally fear and making references to mark mark kidding himself and if you want to engage with me in the fear discord uh, you can follow me on twitter at, at hudson kate and, and just a reminder guys kate uh now works for high school slumber party as the official <laughs> Yeah. Everything, you know. Uh, so <laughs> but you got to catch me in the evenings when I'm wine drunk. When I'm sober, I'm really going to be yes. slightly chagrined over what wine drunk Kate does. So just FYI. Yes, wine drunk Kate. Okay, so uh, Charlie, where can people follow you? You can find me on Instagram at Charlie Tower underscore big guy in the tie, or you can find me on Facebook, uh, my Twitter. I barely look at it. It's Charlie Tower. I'm the guy. Can't miss me. You can catch me in. Uh, <laughs> slutty teenage bounty hunters uh coming out on netflix soon um i got a movie with kevin smith coming out called x reload and the nether blasters and uh underground railroad with barry jenkins and uh that's it that's where i'm at or you can look me up on imdb imdb awesome uh, and again I- again if you're willing i'd love to do that that angus revisited and definitely three o'clock high so <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah you guys can also friend. check me out in the November episode of this podcast where <laughs> they talk about my acting style and uh, where they tear me a new, but they give me a no. lot of love at the same time. No. <laughs> it was all Kate Hudson. Okay. No. no. <laughs> I just, I'm hitting myself no, with no. Marky Mark in fear now. Thanks for that, Brian. <laughs> no, no, no. It's all good. We'll talk about this on Angus Revisited where you, you could – Tear us as big as a new one as you want. Fuck yeah. <laughs> Collectively. Why I'm not going to block you. Why do you make an appearance for that? <laughs> uh, I, I'm not going to accuse 
Yeah, I'm keeping you open. Awesome. <laughs> <laughs> appreciate it. Appreciate it. No one wants to be Q-sacked. Well, thank you guys so much. Really appreciate it. And, you know, stay safe. I guess. Yeah. Cool. Thanks for having me, guys. Thanks for coming. What? This is your show. Why am I acting like this? I'm sorry. <laughs> acting? Right? A- acting, Kate. <laughs> you, you, you both simultaneously invited me amazing because i was on twitter with with kate and i was on instagram with you simultaneously and you were like hey do you want to do a show and she's like yes you do a show we're doing fair oh like, my god that's I, good that's listen, it's just drunk kate hudson's a facilitator okay like i'm that a facilitator true. that is true <laughs> Thank, well thanks so much guys awesome talk to you guys later talk to you soon that was a really fun one. I mean, it was a surprise to have Charlie on because we were just literally talking the night before we were set to record this, and it was such a blast. I love meeting new people through this podcast, and especially someone with such awesome high school slumber party history. And we know Kate is a classic. She'll always be welcome here. So, I don't know. They made a good team. Maybe we'll have that combo on again. Like uh, Charlie mentioned, we'll have them back for 3 o'clock high, and definitely an Angus like Strikes Back or an Angus Revisited episode where we deep dive into all the mystery that surrounds that film. And once again, I'm counting it as homework. Go listen to our November episode on Angus. It'll give you a lot of context. Oh, and by the way, apologies. I think the internet was cutting out pretty bad towards the end, so if you missed anything, again, I apologize. So many people are using Netflix, so many people are on Zoom and... I was going to say chat roulette. I hope not. But uh, what's the other one? House party and stuff. So apologies. And if you didn't catch like where to follow Charlie, his Instagram is Charlie Talbert, big guy in a tie. Look it up. He follows us. We follow him. So if you need to look it up through that way, definitely do that. And I'm going to tag him in the post on the um, for the episode anyway, right? On, on Twitter and on Instagram. So you can find him there. And if you didn't hear the stuff he mentioned for his like upcoming projects, well, he has one uh, that he mentioned, Slutty Teenage Bounty Hunters. I think that's out already. I got to check that out. But he also mentioned Max Reload and the Nether Blasters. And also something I'm really looking forward to, the Underground Railroad series. So definitely, definitely check that out. Because, I mean... That Underground Railroad thing, I've been hearing about it, and it sounds pretty damn cool. Big thank you again to Charlie Talbert and Kate Hudson. Let's see, what other things do we have to discuss? What could we need to talk about? Oh, speaking of social media and Instagram and all that, remember class participation is a huge part of your grade. So follow this podcast on Instagram, follow this podcast on Twitter, and follow this podcast on Facebook. Interact with me slide into those dms i love hearing from you oh so while i was editing this podcast my good friend and former guest chris carroll sent me a text he listened to our small soldiers episode the one we had on monday and he was like hey brian you said that world of science song was a dubstep song it's actually a trap song so i apologize for all you music lovers out there (laughs) and if you don't know what i'm talking about you didn't do your homework speaking of homework you don't think i forgot right Monday's episode. This is a good one, and uh, I just heard from these people, and they have such exciting news, but I'll, I'll leave that as a teaser. We're talking Beavis and Butthead do America. In cooperation with authorities, we request your assistance in apprehending America's two most wanted fugitives. Sketch artists have prepared the following likenesses. Uh, <laughs> Beavis and Butthead hit the road. 
to seek their fortune. I want to watch TV. Find romance. Can I help you with that? I love you. Come to butthead. You got two seconds. Is that gonna be enough time? Win fame. I am Colonel. These are the most dangerous men in America. I want these faces in front of every fed and two-bit sheriff within a thousand miles. Get the hell out of the cockpit! You fed now! And do an entire nation. Whoa, what a TV! I think I found the remote. This. That's amazing! <laughs> That's the thing I have ever seen. You want to see something really cool? Fuck it. Why don't I bark with chicks? <laughs> In an adventure too big for your television. Did we miss Baywatch? No. Beavis and Butthead do America. I extend my deepest thanks. <laughs> he said extend. And our guests next week are High School Slumber Party's favorite couple, Dan and Autumn Ferrara. You definitely want to check that out on Monday. That's your homework over the weekend. So thanks for stopping by today. I feel like I have no choice but to go with another great song from the Fear soundtrack. And that's a song they also play a lot. Bush Countdown. Thank you so much for listening. Always appreciate it. And don't forget, life moves pretty fast. If you don't stop and look around once in a while, you might miss it. Later, dudes, and stay safe. Go.